Um, See, I just want to start off with a a couple things before we dive into this. Um, You know, uh, I just want to start with this. I don't deserve to be up here. I'm not, you know, I am the pastor's son, but that's not why I get the chance to be up here. There's many of you that I know for a fact are smarter than I am that, (laughs) that's true, that read your Bible more than I do, that pray more than I do. Um, but that's not what it's, you know, what it's about. Um, the Lord has us where he wants us and, you know, gifts us in different ways. So just humbled and glad to be up here. Um, but I just want to say that's not why I'm, I'm up here. Um, also, I just want to challenge us as a, a congregation, as a people, as Christ followers um, to, you know, let's be, be honest, especially in here. If we can't be honest in here, then... You know, where can we? Um, you know, so we're, we're family. We're brothers and sisters. Um, let's just be authentic. Let's, you know, what we're struggling with, what we're going through, what life really feels like. You know, a lot of times we just kind of mask it and cover it with the Christian rhetoric. And you know, I'm blessed, praise God, when really everything's falling apart. Which, you know, praise God, he's still, he's in there. But, you know, let's just, let's be honest with each other. Let's be authentic. That's what... That's what people are, are looking for these days, um, and that's what we need to be. Um, so I'm going to pray together, and then we will, we will start things off. So let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Lord, um, just be with us. Jesus, um, teach us things. Uh, reveal yourself to us, God. Use me as a vessel. We just sang how it's your breath in our lungs, God. Just, it's your words. They're not mine. This is your breath. Say what you want to say to your children, to your people, and uh, make our hearts ready for it, and make our hearts ready for whatever you have for us as individuals and as a body and uh, as your bride. Um, just be with us, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so yeah, I, I recently became a dad. I'm only 22, <laughs> so life's really crazy. I you know, I, I still feel like a baby. I'm not going to say that I have it all together because I'm not even close. I'm like, I'm way off. Um, I, we got married about a year and a half ago, and then a couple months after that, found out we were pregnant, and then nine months after that, had a baby. So I'm, I'm still learning how to be married while throwing in how to be a father into the mix of it, and now throwing in how to pastor and love people and teach you guys. So this is be with me. This is crazy. Um, So yeah, Uh, but to quote someone else, um, becoming a father has taught me how to be a better son, and that's so true. It's taught me how to be a better son to my own dad. I really appreciate, and to all the fathers in here, I really appreciate everything you guys do, especially mothers as well. I don't forget about you, but I've, I've learned how to be a better son because of that, and I appreciate you know, my dad's not here, but I appreciate everything that he's done for me. Um, and I appreciate everything that our, our Heavenly Father has done. I've, I've learned how to be a, a better child of God through this whole experience. Um, to understand what he wants for me, that he has good things in store for me, that he's always there. He's, he's not going to give up on us. Maybe you're in this room, you know, you're kind of feeling down, maybe not understanding that God really is near, even though he feels far. 
he's closer to you than you are to him. So just, just remember that. Um, let's get a, a glimpse of God's heart for us today. Um, so I'm going to touch on the heart of God, the heart of our Father, and how he feels towards us, his emotions towards us, uh, how he sees us. I'm going to touch on, on three parts, us as his children, um, how he has a plan for us, he, he prepares us for things, and also at the end, his love for us, uh, specifically through the Garden of Gethsemane, um, the imagery of that. Um, so we're going to start off, heart of God. Um, how can we know the heart of God? He's, he's the master of the universe, this huge being. When I was little and I used to hear about how big God was, I would look up at the sky and I would just picture like this huge human being, well, God, like over all the sky. Um, he's so big. How do we even know his heart? And the Bible tells us it's, it's through Jesus. Jesus is God's heart and flesh. Whatever God is thinking or wants to do, Jesus does it, and we get to see that. Um, scripture tells us in John chapter 1 how he dwelt among us. John chapter 1 is all about how Jesus came into the flesh, uh, how, how God's heart became flesh. Um, this is God manifest among us. In the uh, beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. John 14, 9, Jesus says this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So that's where we get glimpses of God's heart for us, God's emotions towards us, is through that, is through every word that Jesus says, every action. He said it, I don't do anything on my own except what the Father tells me to do. So if you want to know what God wants to do, if you want to know how God feels towards you, Study Jesus' life and, you know, see how he treats people, how that's his creation. He loves us. Um, so we're going to compare, you know, God's heart comparison to what Jesus did in the Bible. So let's start off as uh, God loves us as his children. We're going to go to Mark chapter 10, verses 13. We're going to start there. So God invites us to be near, as seen in Mark chapter 10. Um, here we go. So people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took these children, or, and he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Okay, so Jesus wants us to, he wants us to know, God wants us to know, unless you are a child, unless you depend on me, you're not entering into the, the kingdom of heaven. He wants us to be low. He desires us, you know, as, as children, I'm going to relate a lot to my newly born son, because that's all I know. You know I'm not going to preach of... Uh, some things that I don't know. I'm only going to talk about what I know and what I understand. So right now, I understand about being a new dad. So I'm going to talk about my son to relate to this. Um, you know, so relating to, to, to being a dad now, 
I know Ro- his name's Robinson, for those of you who don't know. Robinson needs me. He, I want him to be close to me. I desire for my son all the days of his life to be close. I know right now he's this cute, you know, little baby, and I can snuggle him and kiss him all I want. But when he's, you know, a boy, he's not going to want that. Unfortunately, we've grown up into that, right? We're not the snuggly children that God wants us to be with him. God wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to depend on him like children depend on us. A lot of you are parents in here. You know how it is. You know that without you, you're... I mean, your children are going to go, they're going to be lost. We've become lost. We don't follow God as, as a father. We've, we've become children with wandering eyes. You know, my wife uses this example a lot, and I really love it. Um, you know, it's like we're walking with God hand in hand, but we're, instead of watching him and going where he is, we're holding his hand, but we're just kind of looking around at the other things. And God desires... <laughs> This sounds silly, but God desires eye contact. He wants us to look at him. He wants us to follow him and learn from him as children do, as children learn from us. Um, in verse, uh, you know, the, the disciples rebuke the children for coming because, you know, Jesus is this holy figure. He can't, he doesn't have time for children. That's what we do in our head. Am I right? Let's be honest. That's what we do in our head. I, I'm, you know, I'm older than that, or maybe you just don't even realize the attacks that are going on in your head. Jesus rebukes that. You know, we need, we need to open up our, our minds and, and understanding to hear, this is what God desires for us to be near as children. And we get in the way, our, ourselves, we get in the way, or maybe we've, we think we've grown up and we're so superior now. God doesn't want that. He has a plan for you. That's... Your own plan, it doesn't matter, honestly speaking. Yeah, we, you know, we have, we have dreams and stuff, but God, he places those inside us. God, he, he wants to give us things as his children. He wants us to follow him. And I, you know, I know talking about being a father, I know, I don't know all your stories, but I know, you know, for some of us, we don't have the best dads. I was blessed. I do have a good dad. But for some of us, this is a difficult topic. I, you know, it's unfortunate. A lot of dads, you see it these days, they're nowhere to be found. Um, I remember being in South Africa, going to all the church services. I can tell you, besides the pastors, there was not one single dad at service. Not one. And, I, you know, but... Let's be honest, the father figure's kind of just fallen out. And that's, that's no accident. You think the enemy, he knows what he's doing. That's completely what he's trying to do because the father is the exact image of what God is to us. We're the children, he's the father. In human, you know, the human realm, the father and the, the child, that's direct imagery of, of us and God. It's become corrupt. It's not even evident anymore. That's what we've forgotten. So Jesus, you know, he shows God's desire for us to be children, for us to take the low position, for us to be dependent on God completely. Um, you know, I, I said in the beginning that 
I don't deserve to be up here because I, I read my Bible so much or I pray so much. Unfortunately, that's what we do. You know, instead of relying on, you know, I, I said this first service, the biggest challenge is actually believing that, you know, God loves us, that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, that God does care about us. It's not about, you know, if I read this much, then I, I'm righteous and I'm holy, or if I pray this much, that's not what life is about. It's about trusting God. That's completely, that's it. God says, put me first and I'll take care of you. That's our only option. We can think we have other options, but we don't. We make up things in our head. It's so true. Um, you know, so let, let today just, just be the day where we go back to being kids. As a church, let's go back to, to being low and, and depending on God. Um, furthermore, God has a plan for us. He prepares for us. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, perfect example. He has a hope and a future for us. I just said before, we make our own plans, but <laughs> read uh, Proverbs. Every other verse you'll see that a man makes his own plans, but God's ways win in the end. That's, I mean, that's not word for word, but I'm just paraphrasing. Make your own plans. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, God lets you, you know, have dreams, and, but his plan is better for us. Um, you know, so for, comparing to, to Jesus' ministry and how it shows God's heart, Jesus prepared the 12. His two missions was, one, obviously it was dying on the cross for us. We wouldn't be here without it. We wouldn't be living without it. Secondly, he was showing the world how to live with God how to trust God, how to use the Holy Spirit when he's gone. He prepared the 12, and yeah, there was lots of ups and downs, um, but his plan never failed. Your plan never fails. I I think of the story um, of Caleb in the Old Testament. When they send the 12 spies off, Israel sends the 12 spies to check and see what the land ahead looks like. Can we... You know, can we go there? Can we take this land, the promised land? The, they knew it was the promised land. Why are they even checking it out? They should know. God promised us this land. This is ours. So they, 12, they send these 12, uh, these 12 spies, and they all come back, except Caleb doesn't say this. He says, yeah, I know there's giants in the land. Everyone's scared. They don't, they don't want to go through because they think they're going to be destroyed. And Caleb says, no, I know there's giants in the land. I know it looks like we're going to lose. I know that, but I know God. I trust God. I'm a child of God. I know he's not going to leave us. And then, you know, the story tells itself, history tells itself, they went in there and God protected them and gave them the victory. God has a plan for this church, for this region. Yeah, it looks like, wow, this is impossible. How are we supposed to do this? I said it in first service. There's a lot of, I don't know, things that are kind of weird to say in the church. Um, There's a huge porn industry. That's weird to say in the church for some reason. But like I said, let's be honest. Let's be authentic. Let's look at the problems. Let's, can we stop 
you know, trying to live inside these walls. Amen. So there's this huge industry crippling the young people of this earth, of the church. There's 27 million sex slaves in the world. If Jody wasn't doing her ministry in Mexico and, and didn't come speak at this church, how many of us would even know that? There's things going on that because we, we choose to you know, busy ourselves, we don't understand what's going on. 27 million slaves, that's more than has ever existed in the history of this world. What about, I mean, there's, there's giants, depression and suicide, the highest numbers in, ever. Can we, can we be authentic and understand God has a plan for us, we're not going to do it on our own? You know, what if we really did? What if we decided, we, we made ourselves low, God, we're trusting in you. This region, let's go after it. Tear down these walls, let's go, let's go if we're not reaching the lost, you know, really, if we're not motivated to reach the lost, if we're not understanding really why we're here and why we're a family, what are we doing here? Really, I'm, I'll just be, I'm, I'll be talking to the wall if we don't understand. We got to understand, people, church. That's the whole reason we're supposed to be here. Yes, church is important. This is extremely important. We're the bride of Christ. I understand that. But the motivation to come on Sundays and Wednesdays is not just to hear a good message and, you know, maybe learn something. We're supposed to meet with God. We're supposed to worship God. And we stand in our pews and, you know, maybe mumble a couple words. (laughs) There's so much more going on than what we choose to really recognize. So let's understand, God does have a plan for us. There's more going on than what we're recognizing. You know, this is, this is actually where I cried for service. <laughs> I've been in this church since my being, since I was born. Church is older than I am, but I've been here all 22 years. Um, I've been saved forever. I don't know. I don't remember my... My salvation story, all I've ever known is God. But, you know, I read the stuff in the Bible. I read all this, and when I look up, I don't see it. I don't see any of it. And that's really sad. I'm not blaming, listen, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm blaming all of us. You know, I'm not speaking to you and saying I have it all together. If I'm speaking to anyone, I'm talking to myself. You know, Ben, get it together. Like Ron said, these two years, like I said as well, these two years have been crazy. I've never experienced anything like it. I love it. But I'll be honest, I, my relationship with God, I don't even, it's been, you know, so just different and adjusting. And, you know, I really had, I had a great time. Um, I had a, a Bible study last week where God just really, I was in my own room. God showed up. That's what it's all about. You know, and it's just, can we really understand? Can we 
I don't want to just be another church. There's so many of them. No one even knows what Christian means anymore. Everyone who says they're a Christian, majority of them aren't Christians. You know, I don't want to just be another babbling preacher that talks about God but really doesn't live it or doesn't mean it or doesn't do anything about it. And I don't want to, you know, we're a family. Again, let's be honest. What are we struggling with? Let's help each other. <laughs> right? You know, I, I'll admit, I don't know everything. But I believe. All right, you know, what happened, what happened to that childlike faith that we all had? Sunday school, you heard about David and Goliath. You heard about mountains that could be moved. How about the meek will inherit the earth? I literally thought, and I still do. It's been a little bit lost in there, but I'm starting to come back to being a child. I'm going to inherit the earth because I'm meek. I can move that mountain because I believe it. What happened? You know, we all we think we grow up, but that's... You need to become small again. That's what it's all about. <clears throat> Thinking about the Garden of Gethsemane, I, for me at least, I know majority of people, we think about Jesus and how he suffered, and he did suffer. Um, you know, but this is a picture, this is a window into God's heart as well. And I, I feel like I understand it more now because I have become a dad. Um, you know, Jesus' sorrow also reveals God's sorrow in that same moment. Matthew records three times that Jesus asked for another way, for this cup to be taken. And the only thing I can think about, I love you guys. I love C3. I love you people. But I would not give my son over to die for you guys. I'm just being honest. Really. I love you guys. I do. But I, that's my boy. He's not going anywhere. But this gives me such a window, and not just me, all the fathers. This gives such a window into God's heart. I just picture Robinson. Dad, three times, let this cup be taken from me. Dad, please, if there's any other way. Knowing full well he's about to die for people that don't deserve it. They know, you know, it says in the Bible... The creation didn't even recognize its creator. There's not one person in this room or in the entire universe or earth or anywhere that, desire, or that deserves Jesus dying for you. You don't. But God loved you so much. See, John, John 3.16, like, you know, the verse everyone knows. Even lost people know that verse because they see it waved around everywhere. It's lost its meaning. But it's going to regain its meaning. Three times, Dad, please let there be another way. I'm dying here. I already feel like I'm dying. And he has to say, no, son, this is the only way. Yeah, these people don't, they don't like you. You're going you're gonna to be persecuted. You're going to be crucified, but this is the only way. How can, how can a dad, how does a dad do that except for the love that he has 
you know, for us, how does God do that? I just, you know, thinking about everything that these past two years, when God does something amazing that just blows my mind, it's just, God, what the heck? What? Why are you so good? Why are you so good to us? It doesn't make sense. I, I even talked to my wife about this last week because I, I was studying this and reading about it, and I was like, Erica, I don't... God, he gave his own son to die for us, and I'm just picturing Robinson like, I don't want to do that. How do, why does he love us so much? And she said, well, he created us. And it's like, well, I, there's so many things I've created that I don't like. Why does he love us so much? Like, <laughs> But we are made in his image, and that's not by accident. None of this is by accident. Mark records him crying, Abba, Father. That's, that's intimate. That's Daddy. Abba. He's crying, Daddy, please! Does any, I mean, Daddy, that is like, that grips your heart. How does he say, no, this is what you have to do? Luke records him sweating blood. I've never seen that before, and I never will. But Jesus sweat blood, his own son sweat blood. And he has to say, no, these, you have to do it. This is the only way. That's his own peace. This is, I mean, Jesus and God, they're the same person. I'll never, I mean, I will understand it one day. I don't get it now. But God, that is, that's God dying for us. That's God's heart for you. You know, so you know, I, ch- I challenged first service. Just can we throw away all that we that we do, <laughs> all our opinions? Get rid of them. No one wants to hear them. God doesn't want to hear them. He says, listen to me, throw away all that stuff. You're looking around, you're distracted. You're my child. I know what's best for you. We think we know what's best for us. Are we that foolish? Can we be honest? Are we that lost that we think we know better? We might not, we, you know, we might say, oh, no, I don't think that, but our lives, they look like that. I'll be the first to admit it. I'll stand in front of you guys. I'll say, my life probably doesn't look like that. But, I, you know, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for different things. And so is the rest of the world. The world is looking for this authentic church. It might not know that it is, but it is. We have the answer. We, have, we know what it takes. But do we believe, really? I mean, do we honestly, let's be honest with ourselves. We're holding God in one hand, and in the other hand, we hold everything that's near and dear to us that doesn't mean anything. I don't mean, you know, I don't mean to beat you guys up. That's not what I'm doing. I don't mean to beat myself up. I merely just want to show you God's heart for you. You know, maybe 
like myself, I have many dreams. I consider myself a dreamer. I kind of get lost in the moment because I'm looking way ahead. You know, but I kind of I lost that. I lost my childlike faith. I lost the belief in that. Maybe there's a lot of you in this room that God birthed something in you a long time ago, and you lost it. Let me tell you something. God's not far. He still has. I mean, the plan doesn't change. It's not like, well, you know, you disobeyed me, so God's going to change the plan. That's not how it works. This isn't works-based. There's nothing you can do to get, clo- to get farther away from God. <laughs> He's always right there. You know, I... I just, this kind of came to my head. I didn't say this first service. Uh, I had a vision two years ago, roughly, when me and she was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife, Erica, were having a Bible study. And we were praying together. And the Lord showed me this vision. I don't know if any of you have ever been to the state fair. They have, like, these huge barn, like, animal pen-looking things. And I saw that, and but it was full of, like the church and church leaders. And I saw these pedestals, you know, just walking down the middle on the side. There were all these pedestals of, you know, worship leading and preaching and praying and all this stuff. And, you know, the better you did, the higher your pedestal got. And the Lord showed me that's what we've come to. You know, it's... It, or it's Maybe not in the rest of the world, but at least, you know, our land in America. It's just become about being popular. How many books can you write? How many worship songs can you produce? That's not what it's about, church. And I want to change that. You know, and I'm not, I've never told anyone that vision, but I'm happy I did because I don't want to keep that to myself because we all need to know that that's, this can't be about that anymore. Now listen, like Caleb said, yeah, there's giants in the land, but God, he's faithful and he has a plan. Now, so I'm, I'm telling you, C3, God has a plan for us as a church. He has a plan for you as an individual, and it's not going to die. But you need to become a child again. That's what it's about. You need to trust in your, in your heavenly father and your dad. Stop trying to take your own path because it doesn't work. We've all tried it. <laughs> um, the band can come up. I'm going to be closing in a couple minutes. <clears throat> you know, like I said, this isn't to beat you guys down. It's, and it's you know, not to make you guys feel bad about yourself or the, to beat down the church. I think there's too many people that just beat on the church, that we don't do this, we don't do this. It's, it's easy to take the negative road of you don't do this right. But I love the church, and I love you guys. But I want to see things different. Like I said, if we're, not, if we're not reaching the lost, if we're not going out there, this doesn't matter. And you don't need, you know, maybe I'm speaking to someone in this room, you don't need the church 
to give you the initiative to do something. You don't have to plaster the church's name on it or get their permission to do something. This is just a meeting place. If you want to start a public prayer ministry, evangelism ministry, if you want to have a Bible study at your house, you don't have to ask the pastors for permission. Just do it. That's, yeah, that's what it's about. It's about your individual life and walk with the Lord. That's how we change the world. It's not about the church, you know, coming up with some slogan and these, you know, ideas. It's your personal life. So I just, you know, I'm going to close here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray together. Let's reconnect to the Father. Let's come back to being children. Let's find that childlike faith. Let's believe again. The biggest challenge is is believing the gospel. Do you really believe it? Because if you do, Jesus tells us, then you can move mountains. I don't see mountains moving. You know, yes, reading your Bible, that's, that's our lifeline. Praying, that's our lifeline. But it all starts with trusting and believing in your Father. He has good things for you. He knows you better than you know yourself. So if, if you feel like you've maybe lost your connection to God as your Father and you want to be a child again, you want to have that childlike faith, you want to believe again, then I'd encourage you to stand up. We're going to pray together. And so I'm going to pray for us collectively, but individually you need need to connect to God. You need to connect to the Father. It's about your prayer. It's about your communication with him. So I'm going to pray, but, but you, you know, lift up your own prayer. Lift up your own voices. God, just show us what it is to be a child again. God, show us what it means to believe. God, we want to enter into the kingdom of heaven with childlike faith. God, we want to see mountains move because you said they could. We want to know the plan that you have for us. God, we don't want to worry about tomorrow. We want to know what you have fresh for us today, God. We want to follow you wholeheartedly. We repent for for trying it on our own. It doesn't work, and we're sorry that it took so long for us to realize that. But it's about trusting and believing in you. We're all children here of, of human parents, God. We know that we have to follow. That's that's the model you chose, God. So we follow you. And we thank you for, for demonstrating your heart for us when you sent your son to die for us, when we saw the sorrow of God's heart for its creation. You love us so much, you saw us worth it to come in the flesh and to die for us. God, this love doesn't make sense. But we just know that you love us and we accept that and we believe it. We thank you for seeing us as worth it. 
God, just teach us. Teach us how to be children. Teach us how to reach the lost, to love people. Mold our hearts to be like yours. And we just want to love you. Most importantly, God, if all else fails, we just want to love you. Be with us, God. Mold our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.